WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Hope you had a fabulous weekend. Welcome aboard here bright and early on a Monday morning at 6 as we give you our very first look at Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, a coronavirus emergency in Florida. More in one minute. And yes, the coronavirus comes to Florida. The candidates head for Super Tuesday and the U.S. heading out of Afghanistan. We're talking about it all this morning on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Governor Ron DeSantis is declaring a public health emergency after two cases of the coronavirus emerged in Florida. State health officials are waiting for the CDC to confirm the two presumptive positive cases of the respiratory illness. Both of the patients are isolated in the Tampa Bay area and being treated. We're expecting to hear more from the governor as he visits Tampa and Miami today. Meanwhile, the state is speeding up the process of identifying coronavirus cases. State health department labs can now test for the coronavirus COVID-19, sending samples to labs in Tampa, Miami, and Jacksonville instead of to federal labs, cuts the turnaround time for results to between 24 and 48 hours instead of up to five days. I'm John McQuiston. Coronavirus cases continue to add up across America with two patients losing their lives in Washington state. Fox's Benjamin Hall reports. There are now 80 cases in the U.S. and infections seen in Washington, Oregon, California, New York, Florida, Illinois, and Rhode Island. Many of those have no clear path to initial exposure, and that does suggest that other cases are still undiagnosed. Health officials are focused now on a cluster of 10 cases in Washington state, including the two deaths. All new reported cases there are residents of nursing facility Life Care Center in Kirkland. These are the most vulnerable people. Globally, more than 86,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus are reported, mostly in China, with more than 3,000 dead. And we'll be all over the coronavirus story from all angles all three hours, and the talk starts here right after the news. Because of the coronavirus, AAA says Florida drivers might soon see significant savings at the gas pump. Stock market prices for crude oil and gasoline plummeted last week, Amid concerns, the disease will reduce global demand for products like jet fuel and gasoline. The statewide average for a gallon of regular is 2.35, down six cents from a week ago. In Metro Orlando, the average is 2.25, down 11 cents. Saw it for a couple of stations on a gas bought update here for 2.17 a gallon and dropping. All that driving in, so shop around. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. An early morning fatal crash between a truck and a car in Orlando is under investigation. Police have shut down the westbound lanes of Colonial Drive between Westmoreland Drive and Paramore Avenue. Uh, We're now hearing from our traffic center that uh, traffic in both directions is shut down on Colonial between Westmoreland and Paramore. Traffic is being diverted to West Amelia Street. The victim of this crash was not immediately identified. There's no word as to what caused the crash. 
If you've purchased a home in Florida over the past year, today is an important deadline. Tax appraisers across the state are awaiting those homestead exemption filings from homeowners living in their permanent residences. It means a $50,000 tax exemption on the first $75,000 of your property's assessed value. But Palm Beach County appraiser Dorothy Jack says... The big benefit of homestead exemption is the cap on how much your property value can increase year over year. For new homeowners in 2020, that means the value on which you pay taxes won't go up more than 3% next year. You can file online, in person, or by mail, but that envelope must be postmarked with today's date. Joel Malkin, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. The latest screen adaptation of a classic H.G. Wells science fiction novel is the top movie in the U.S. and Canada. The Invisible Man earned $29 million in its first week in theaters. Coming in second, Sonic the Hedgehog with $16 bucks. WFLA News Time, 6.05. A California homeowner scares off thieves with a motion-activated sprinkler. You can watch the video online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeartRadio station. Good morning, Orlando. Bud Hedinger, Alan Spector, Mike Yaffe, and Melissa Fox with you until 9 o'clock. And remember when we had three super important red-hot topics to deal with in the same show. Coronavirus, of course, multifaceted. Um, The U.S. deal with the Taliban to get all of our troops out of Afghanistan, which I've been calling for for years. And the president pledged when he ran for office um, and that that's exciting, I think, although perilous. And of course, we also have those crazy Democrats. Um, Joe Biden, new life off of South Carolina's big victory in the primary there. Super Tuesday tomorrow. We'll be taking a look at how it all may shake out. And of course, we'll be talking with you at our number 407-916-5400, toll free 866-916-5400. And the, uh, Text line is 23680. Standard message and data rate supply on the text line. And we welcome your first name in town. And we'll get it going after an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It is 6.07. Repeating our coronavirus Florida news here for you because it's so important. The uh, governor has declared a public health emergency now. Two Tampa Bay area residents may be the first in Florida to come down with coronavirus. The Florida Department of Health announcing yesterday both are presumptively positive is how they're putting it. Not confirmed yet by the CDC. One of them is from Hillsborough County, has a history of travel to Italy where there have been more than a thousand confirmed cases of the virus. But the other resident from Manatee County has no such travel history. The two are being isolated. Governor DeSantis will be in Tampa today for an update at a news conference at 1030 and then holds a news conference in Miami at 2 p.m. Of course, you'll have updates here on our continuing coverage on WFLA all along and uh, all day long. And stay with us for updates on our top stories with our headlines at least every 10 minutes here on the 50,000 watt front porch. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, 107.7 HD3, AM 540, and the iHeart Radio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. Sometimes we feel like a voice in the wilderness here on the 50,000 watt front porch, but we got a loud voice, and sometimes you get the idea somebody is listening. 
What was my big complaint on Friday's show? It was the DeSantis Surgeon General Rifke's news conference on Thursday uh, where they danced all around the issue of uh, why weren't they being forthcoming with information on, not names at that point, but the specific number of people being tested for coronavirus and um, the number of people who were being monitored. And they said, well, there's a state statute and all of that. We can't do it here if, it, if, it, if it's not considered to be a, you know, a highly contagious thing. It's considered moderately contagious at this point. Yaffe, we left the station at 9 o'clock and on Friday, and later on in the day, bang, all of a sudden, somehow they managed to work around the state statute, and they told us that we've got 15 people being tested in the state of Florida, 150 monitored, and of course, that's Friday, and now we know we have the two um, presumed cases of coronavirus out in the Bay Area. Well, you're proud of yourself this morning, aren't you, Bob? Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm uh, not way, happy about there being coronavirus in Florida, but it was well, seemed yeah, to be obviously. inevitable. But, I mean, yeah. come on. Let the sun shine in on this and give the public some information. And I think they knew they couldn't <laughs> live with this, uh, with what seemed like a, like a stone wall and a cover-up. Well, yeah, but I think this also proves that there really wasn't a cover-up because why would they cover up? those numbers there would be no reason i don't think really they were really that. ready for the news conference trump did his and they said "Uh oh that was on wednesday we got to do ours on thursday and i don't think they were really ready to go with it yeah, yeah. i think that's a better explanation than saying oh they're covering something well it's up. felt like a stone wall no that's what i told you you said the same thing just felt like they didn't have the information to run with and they were kind of like hemming and hawing and yeah. You know, we got some press up there that thinks they're the big deal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Give us an answer. So here is the prepared statement from the governor. I have been working with federal partners in our Department of Health to ensure the communities are ready to handle the challenges presented by COVID-19, a.k.a. the coronavirus. This is the declaration of the public health emergency, okay, in written form. The dedicated professionals at our county health uh, departments, as well as those working at local medical providers, are well equipped to address these and future cases. You know, the uh, president has been saying, you know, would the media please stand down on just playing politics with this and the Democrats? Uh, this is being handled in a responsible fashion, and I believe he's absolutely right. But he's getting ripped from Pelosi from uh, Schumer getting ripped by the Democrat candidates, whether it's Elizabeth Warren with that voice I can't stand, and, uh, you know, and Mike Bloomberg, and the president doesn't have a clue, no, has no idea at all. Here's the question. Are the Democrats rooting for the coronavirus to take down Trump when nothing else has been able to do it? I want you to listen here to the president ripping the Democrats for playing politics with the coronavirus uh, and Bernie Sanders firing back. The Democrats are politicizing the coronavirus. Think of it. And this is their new hoax. Hey, Mr. Trump, why don't you worry about the coronavirus rather than disrupting the Democratic primary right here in South Carolina? president was misunderstood at one point saying that, no, the coronavirus, not that that's a hoax, but the Democrats, you know, the way they are behaving about it is the hoax, okay? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to me how now the media and the Democrats are saying Trump's the one politicizing this, when obviously Trump was just reacting to them politicizing it in the first place. Yeah. Now, we're not alone in, in, in having a problem with this, and the president as well. Listen to Rush. And then GOP Chair Ronna McDaniel and Donald Trump Jr. 
And the Democrats, are they hoping the coronavirus is really bad and that it will help them take down Trump? I mean, are they literally rooting against the health of Americans? The coronavirus being weaponized as yet another element to bring down Donald Trump. Democrats are using this for their political gain to try and stoke fear in the American people, which is shameful, wrong, and I think un-American. For them to try to take a pandemic and seemingly hope that it comes here and kills millions of people so that they could end Donald Trump's streak of winning is a new level of sickness. There you go. And, you know, it's got to stop. But I don't think it will stop, okay? Because they can't take Trump down with anything else they've tried. Russia, 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 you name it, Mueller report, et cetera. Impeachment, that's got to do it for sure. He's still standing, arguably stronger than ever. Yes, the coronavirus. Let's pound him relentlessly on that, no matter what the truth is. Because the end justifies the means. We'll get into the Democrats in Super Tuesday and the high-stakes political game in the next half hour. But there's another huge story out here. There will be a chance for you to talk about coronavirus, how it's being handled at the national and now the state level. If you want to weigh in early at 407-916-5400, you can. And our um, text line, 23680, first name in town, always welcome there, but not required. Lots of time for all of this on Open Mind Monday in the 8 o'clock hour. Headlines for you right now. America's war in Afghanistan, the longest in our nation's history. More than 18 years has been going, maybe winding down after a deal was signed between the U.S. and the Taliban. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo praising the agreement, but says this is about accountability, not trust. He added that nobody's under any illusion that the path forward will be easy, given that it's the Taliban. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeartRadio station. It's an historic peace deal. I mean, I want all of our troops out of Afghanistan. There is nothing we can fight for and hold over there. And we've shed far more than enough blood and treasure. You take a look at Afghanistan and tell me, is there any scenario in which it is worth your son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter's life in service to our country in Afghanistan. You're going to say, well, Al-Qaeda might fire up again and get us and knock down more buildings, you know? I think we've learned how to, you know, to keep tabs on them with our high technology, with aerial surveillance and all. And, well, it's not the same as the troops on the ground. By God, man, how long are you going to keep them there? I mean, it's outrageous how much we've spent and how much blood we have spilled. So the deal is this. The U.S. will draw down its forces from 13,000 in Afghanistan now to 8,600 in the next three to four months. That makes the target June or July for that threshold to be met. And it all depends on the Taliban. And I I know, I know, lots of luck with this, right? Because they're radical Islamic wackos who are just so ideologically locked in with hatred toward us and any Western nation, but particularly the U.S., depends on the Taliban meeting their commitments to prevent terrorism in that area, to um, include specific obligations to renounce al-Qaeda, 
which they say they've done, and Pompeo was saying we've never been able to get that agreement from them. Whether you can believe it or not, I don't know. And uh, to prevent al-Qaeda or any other such group from using Afghan soil to plot attacks on the U.S. and its allies. And then we get everybody else out uh, in 14 months, which would be the beginning of May of 2021. Um, You know, we simply got to go. It's not going to be perfect. I'm not saying that all of a sudden we're not going to have threats from that part of the world, but you just cannot perpetually keep a force of thousands there and continue to drip, 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 spill blood, lose lives, and have people come back here permanently disabled with missing limbs with no possible path to anything that would look like a long-term victory. It's about time, Yaffe, as far as I'm concerned. And I know it's not a perfect situation. We've got to get out of there. Mm. I'm really concerned, though, because like you said, it it's not a perfect situation. And I think the Afghan government's going to fall, and I think the Taliban's going to take over again. Once and they leave. so what? And so what? Well, and I mean, so what, Mike? So what? Well, I mean, it depends so what, what happens next. Then we go back know? and we defend our allies. We're not going to leave them hanging, are we? I think we would. I think we, and what we would happened be like, in yeah, no. no negotiating with We've terrorists? Done We've done our best. We're out. Yeah, it's not a perfect world. We don't negotiate, you know, we don't negotiate with terrorists holding hostages. I think that's basically what that means. Okay. But ultimately, you got to deal with these people over there. Alan, we got to get out of there. Too much blood, too much treasure, too many years. I agree. We're, we have nothing really positive to show for it. We really don't. You know, except we fought back and knocked al-Qaeda back in the wake of the 9-11 attacks, and everybody supported that, going after him. But That's how, a long time ago. Yeah, I was going to say, how many years ago yeah. was that? Yeah. Alan, uh, as my co-host right now, uh, you've got, a, you've got a, a tough task here this morning. On mornings like this, there is so much going on. Let me turn it over to you for an update. We have another I-4 traffic shift in effect, and a dozen families are displaced after an early morning Orange County fire. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together, in just two minutes It's 629 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us on a Monday at the bottom of the 6 o'clock hour. Turn it over to Alan right now for a news update as the I-4 Ultimate Project strikes again. Drivers who use I-4 need to get ready, bud, for another major change as a popular off-ramp is switching sides. Overnight, the exit from westbound I-4 to Orange Blossom Trail shifted from a left-hand exit, which we've all known for many, many years. Took me forever to get used to that. (laughs) Well, get used to this. It's now on the right-hand side. Crews are opening the new westbound I-4 lanes that cross over OBT and Rio Grande Avenue. The old I-4 lanes in that area are shutting down. Again, we're talking about the Orange Blossom Trail exit. Westbound I-4 has moved from left to the right side of the road. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A dozen people have no place to live after fire ripped through a townhouse complex in East Orange County. The fire broke out around 1 this morning at the Fox Hunt community near Alafea Trail and Colonial Drive. Firefighters say everyone was able to escape uninjured. The Red Cross is providing assistance to those displaced families. Former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg is suspending his 2020 presidential campaign. He had this message for his supporters. I urge everyone who supported me to continue in the cause of ensuring that we bring change to the White House and working to win the absolutely critical down-ballot races playing out across the country this year. Buttigieg was in third place in delegates behind Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. 
By the way, people were waiting to see whether he would endorse Biden. I didn't hear him do it. No, there's no word of an endorsement yet. Yep. Bernie Sanders could have a big day tomorrow, Super Tuesday. A series of polls show the Vermont senator ahead of the pack in several important states, including California, Texas, and North Carolina. South Florida is filled with residents who fled socialist countries, which is why Republican Senator Rick Scott thinks Sanders' campaign message will fall flat here in the Sunshine State. However, Scott does say Bernie is more honest than his competitors. He might be crazy. It might be horrible for our country. But he believes that government should run everything. These other Democrats, they believe the same thing. They just don't say it. Early voting is underway in most Florida counties for the primary, with the election set for March 17th, two weeks from tomorrow. A lot of wisdom in that sound cut. Names can be hard for some people, and that includes Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden. Here's the end of his interview on Fox News Sunday with host Chris Wallace. <laughs> Mr. Vice President, thank you. Thanks for your time. Please come back in less than 13 years, sir. All right, Chuck. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Uh, it's Chris, I but mean, anyway. Chris. I just did Chris. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I just did Chuck. I tell you what, man, these are back-to-back. -back. Anyway, no, it's I don't okay. know how you do it early in the morning, too. Safe tra travels on Appreciate the campaign it. trail. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, at the end, he just he said thank you without naming anybody's name. Yeah, but he didn't say he was running for um, Senate, so that was, a, that was good. Yeah, so it's a step ahead. There you go, sort of. Biden was referring, of course, to an interview he had done earlier in the morning with the host of NBC's Meet the Press, Chuck Todd. Yep. WFLA News time is 6.36. You don't have to miss any part of Good Morning Orlando. Get caught up with our podcasts on the iHeartRadio app. And our first hour continues now, bud, with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. Gina, welcome aboard. Good Monday morning. I'm kind of holding my breath because I know you have your eyeballs on the futures and the European markets that are already open. I'm putting my hands over my ears right now. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> Alan's 401k is hemorrhaging. He doesn't want to hear it. Hang in there, Alan. Maybe the news is better. Gina, right. Gina what do you got? Yeah, his and a lot of others, bud. And I wish I had better news if we'd spoken two hours ago. It would have been a better report. Now well, we've why got didn't you call us for crying out loud? We would have rigged <laughs> something up and put you on the air. Yeah, we, were here. Anyway. we were here at 430. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, and we're going to talk about what caused the shift in the futures here in just a moment. Let me tell you, they are slightly negative now. We've got the Dow futures down about three-tenths of a percent, or 78 points. Crude oil is climbing this morning. It's just above $45 a barrel. Um, investors earlier were optimistic because it looks like some central bankers are going to step in and try to stimulate the economy. Namely, Fed Chair Jay Powell opened the door to a rate cut at the Fed's meeting that starts March 17th. And, of course, all of the worry and the fear is over the spreading coronavirus. We had the worst stock route since the financial crisis last week with the market down 11 percent, the worst week since 2008. The Bloomberg Orlando index was down about 15 percent. The month of February, it's over, of course, and we lost about 8 percent totally. Will a rate cut help? Well, some are saying that no matter what the Fed does, the factories can't churn out goods if they can't get the needed materials from abroad. Consumers are also unlikely to spend if scared to leave their homes. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And, of course, the coronavirus is still very unpredictable at this point. 
Yeah, no doubt about that, Gina. I mean, it's affecting everything, it seems. And by the way, you managed to chase Alan Spector right out of the studio here. Hopefully we can <laughs> find him. I don't know. I think it was last, <laughs> last Alan, seen screaming down the street. Uh, but at any rate, um, let's talk about the overall global effect of coronavirus right now and uh, predictions that, uh, you know, economic growth is going to be down, right? Yes, when I came in this morning, the futures were up about 400 points, but if you can believe that, but now just a little while ago this morning, we got the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development saying that global economic growth will sink to levels not seen in over a decade as the coronavirus outbreak hammers demand and supply. The Paris-based group also warned of possible global contraction in this quarter, but it cut its full-year growth to just 2.4% from 2.9, which would be the weakest since 2009. That forecast assumes that the epidemic peaks this quarter and that outbreaks in other areas other than China remain mild and contained in the organization's words. If it proves longer-lasting and spreads through Asia, Europe, and the U.S., then global growth in that case would be just 1.5% with the possibility of recessions in some economies, including Japan. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of thinking on this. Uh, listeners, be with me in the 7 o'clock hour um, as I juxtapose the movement toward globalism with Trump and America first. I've got some thoughts on that I think you may find interesting coming up in about a half an hour. On other topics right now, business-related, a new TV service is launching today. Right, Gina? That's right. After six months of testing, the online streaming service from AT&T is rolling out today nationally with new options that include four tiers of pricing. Now, they're running a promotion of around $50 a month for 155 channels. That jumps to $93 in the second year. They have a premium plan, by the way, starts around 70 for the promotion. You get 255 channels. It jumps to almost double that in the second year. They are requiring a two-year contract, and you'll need a set-top box for this. Now, in most areas, AT&T TV includes the four major broadcast networks and regional sports. This service also comes with 500 hours of DVR storage, comes with Netflix, YouTube, and Pandora, does not come with Amazon's Prime Video or Hulu, which is now owned by okay. Disney. Very interesting. Before you go, a story is going to make a lot of folks' tummies rumble at this hour. Gina? <laughs> yes, we have the breakfast wars heating up today, but as Wendy's launches its breakfast menu nationwide, it includes the breakfast baconator sandwich, which I think we talked about here before. And not to be outdone, of course, McDonald's, which has been serving up breakfast for a while, of course, they will try to steal some of Wendy's thunder today. They're giving away free egg McMuffins. They have dubbed today National Egg McMuffin Day. you got to download the McDonald's app to get it. How about that? Good stuff. Tasty. Yeah, thank you, Gina, very much. And um, we'll catch you tomorrow morning here for the next Bloomberg Business Report. Take good care. All right, you too, bud. Thanks. You bet. Uh, coming up here in a moment, those crazy Democrats, Buttigieg and Steyer are out. What about Super Tuesday? Bernie, Biden, Bloomberg, and the gang. It's the Democrats' dilemma straight ahead after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. As we get ready to talk about those crazy Democrats and their big and growing dilemma, the number of Democrats under running for the White House continues to drop. Pete Buttigieg threw in the towel on Sunday night, ending his campaign for the Democrat nomination. 
The former South Bend, Indiana mayor announcing his decision just one day after a disappointing finish in the South Carolina primary that caused Tom Steyer to bow out as well. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, News Radio WFLA Orlando, and still on AM 540. Well, we had the South Carolina primary since we gathered here on the 50,000-watt front porch on Friday. That was on Saturday. Biden needed a win, and he got a big one. Like 48% of the vote in a pretty big field with second place going to Bernie Sanders at about 20. Here's Biden celebrating. And if the Democrats want a nominee who's a Democrat, an Obama-Biden Democrat, we have the option of winning big or losing big. That's the choice. We need to build on the coalition and legacy of the most successful president in our lifetime, Barack Obama. Barack, where are you? Endorse me. Crickets. Here's Trump at CPAC ripping Democrats during his Saturday speech. A little montage here ending with President squatting down at the podium to mock Bloomberg's height. And under the so-called Trump economy, we are actually achieving the progress, hope, and change that liberals have been falsely promising for decades but utterly failed to deliver, and it's really driving them crazy. That's why we'll probably end up with Crazy Bernie. We got Sleepy Joe, we got Crazy Bernie, we got Mini Mike, but I think he's out of it. It just shows you that you can't buy an election. I mean, it just, there's a point at which people say, you gotta bring the goods a little bit too, you gotta bring the goods. Boy, did Pocahontas destroy him, I'll tell you. He didn't know what hit him. He's going, oh, get me off of this stage. Get me off. Get me off of this stage. And he's squatting down at that point so you can barely see him, you know, because Bloomberg is so short. I'm not so sure that, that Bloomberg is going to be out. But I was wrong. Biden is not going to be out after Super Tuesday. I think I think he was big enough in South Carolina. He got a bump in some states that are close And uh, I think he's definitely going to stay in there. The Democrats will demand he stay in there because they are desperate for an alternative to Bernie Sanders. And that is where my Titanic analogy comes in. And we're going to lay out Super Tuesday where 14 states with nearly 1,400 delegates are up for grabs. You need 1,991 to win the Democrat nomination. So that's a high-stakes deal I mean, a huge deal tomorrow. If you want to talk about the Democrats and their big dilemma, this thing gets down to a two-man race between Bernie and Biden. That's a big dilemma for the Democrats as they look ahead to trying to take down Trump. Headlines coronavirus-related on the national level. President Trump expected to visit the CDC later this week. His trip to the Atlanta facility is scheduled for Friday. It is unclear at this time if Vice President Mike Pence, who is leading his coronavirus task force, will accompany the president. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Stay ahead of the storm with Operation Stormwatch on News Radio WFLA Orlando. 
So Biden has new life off the South Carolina primary victory, but South Carolina is really unique. Huge black population, you know, because he was Obama's vice president. Blacks gravitate toward Joe Biden, no doubt about it. The uh, Senator Clyburn endorsement really, really helped him. Um, I don't know if that's going to hold, but I do know this. It looks more and more like this could be a two, maybe two-and-a-half-man race, if you want to count Bloomberg, who has all the money in the world to continue to spend, but he has said he'll only stay in it as long as there's a path toward the nomination. Uh, We'll see. He said on 60 Minutes he'll stay in it to the bitter end, but how does he define that? Is the bitter end when he says there's no path to the nomination, or is that taking it all the way out to the end with his billions of dollars? Alan, he has spent $650 million already on the campaign. That is incredible. There's oh. The population of the United States is $330 million. He could have paid us all $2 each, right? <laughs> Every man, now. woman, and child? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it would be more than that by the time he's done, I am sure. So we have all of these delegates, 14 states, Upper State and Super Tuesday. I can tell you that Bernie Sanders is going to uh, jump out to a huge lead over Biden. It, it really appears clear because he's going to win the biggest state on Super Tuesday, California. Um, he's way ahead of Biden. As a matter of fact, Biden is behind Warren there uh, in Texas. It is uh, Sanders up eight points over Biden, who is second in North Carolina. Biden's ahead of Sanders, but it is close. Virginia, Sanders is ahead of Bloomberg, and then Biden is third, Massachusetts. Elizabeth Warren's home state, she could lose this to Bernie Sanders, who's up four points in the polls there. In Colorado, we can tell you that Sanders is ahead substantially. So um, anyway, here's the Titanic analogy, okay? The Democrats are looking at Bernie Sanders and saying this is a, a party disaster. We have to stop Bernie Sanders. He will take the party down like the Titanic went down with a stern in the air heading for the bottom, okay? And so the Democrats are looking around, get me a lifeboat, get me a lifeboat. And they're looking at it, and suddenly it looks like, with other lifeboats disappearing, Buttigieg, Steyer, others, maybe more to come, maybe Klobuchar, maybe Warren after Super Tuesday, maybe Bloomberg if he just decides, you know, that he's he's just tired of spending money and throwing it down a rat hole. Maybe you're down to the only lifeboat. Yeah, it's got Biden written on. Yeah, take that one. But it's full of holes. You know, your Titanic analogy had me picturing Bernie Sanders on the front of that ship going, I'm the king of the world. (laughs) Yeah, but Bernie's the iceberg, right? It, we, you sort of, yeah. Well, it, that's interesting. You can draw the analogy that way if you want to. But you see what I'm talking about here? Because you played, you know, the way he blew it in the sign-off to Fox News calling Chris Wallace Chuck because he'd been on with Chuck. Joe Biden, uh, yeah. Yeah, he'd been on with uh, Chuck Todd. And, you know, and then in all those gaffes last week, and they just keep on coming fast and furious here. And it's only going to get worse because he's, you know, he's, He's 77, but he's got the brain after a couple of aneurysms years ago, probably of a 95-year-old now. Those things don't get better at that age. Yeah, he makes he makes Bernie Sanders look young by comparison. <laughs> Bernie true. Sanders never misses a word for crying out loud. No, he's not. a crotchety old guy, but, I mean, he still moves around well, and he still thinks clearly. Biden just doesn't. It's, it, it's a sad situation, but that's the lifeboat right now. 
and it's full of holes. Yeah, and Buttigieg out now. I think some people were speculating, okay, Biden could benefit from Buttigieg being out. I'm not so sure. I, th- I think Buttigieg's supporters might be evenly distributed among the candidates that are left. They might well be. I don't know. The whole thing's kind of confusing to me, Michael. You know that? Not just the Buttigieg leaving right before Super Tuesday, but the fact that they had South Carolina counted before South Carolina's voting was actually done. I mean, look at the other states where it took three, four days. We still don't get the information. Yeah, but but I mean, yeah, mm. I, I I think that's kind of over. I don't know that we're going to have those problems, but I think it's pretty clear we're down to two, two and a half people right now uh, with any reasonable chance here uh, of you're, winning the Democrat you're nomination. Bloomberg is half a person, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as Trump was saying at CPAC. And Trump also yeah. took a hit at Biden at CPAC. You know, here he is. He's just going to be sitting in a home someplace, and people are going to be running it for him. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you right now, it is a very sad situation, a dilemma for the Democrats. Uh, Trust me, I'm not weeping, but I just, you know, thought I'd point it out. Anyway, Alan, over to you for a top-of-the-hour news update, and then we will have an interview with uh, a Florida-based infectious disease specialist who will talk about coronavirus in Florida. Coming up after the news. Yeah, and topping the news, we officially have an emergency regarding coronavirus declared here in Florida. Also, a fatal crash in Orlando this morning. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes, 7 o'clock on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us right off the top at 7 o'clock on a Monday. We're going to bring you our latest check of Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic now on News Radio WFLA Orlando on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, coronavirus shows up in Florida. More in one minute. We've got an infectious disease specialist based in Florida talking about the Sunshine State and the coronavirus next live on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. The first two cases of coronavirus have been diagnosed in Florida. More from Rory O'Neill in our newsroom. They are presumptive positive cases in the Tampa Bay area that still need to be confirmed. One case involves a person from Manatee County who has no history of traveling to those countries where there is a widespread outbreak of the disease. The person is isolated and being monitored. The other case in Hillsborough County involving a person who does have a history of traveling to Italy. Governor Ron DeSantis declared a public health emergency and will be holding press conferences today in Tampa and Miami. Rory O'Neill, News Radio, WFLA, Orlando. Meanwhile, Florida's coronavirus testing process is speeding up. The state health department says it now has three labs in the state in Tampa, Miami, and Jacksonville that can test for COVID-19. It used to have to send samples to a CDC lab in Atlanta. That took as long as five days to get results back. Now it should take one or two. I'm John McQuiston. Public health officials in Washington state are confirming the second U.S. death from coronavirus. The Seattle and King County Department of Public Health reporting yesterday that a man in his 70s who was hospitalized in a Seattle suburb has died. That was just one day after the first fatality was reported, also in Washington state. 
Fears of the coronavirus's impact on the global economy led to the Dow having its worst week since 2008 last week. Vice President Mike Pence addressing those concerns on NBC's Meet the Press. The stock market that that uh, that saw some downturns, it'll come back, but our focus is going to remain on the health and well-being of the American people. Pence is overseeing the federal government's response to the coronavirus. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Drivers who use West Colonial Drive through Paramore will have to find a detour as work continues to clear a deadly overnight crash. The Florida Highway Patrol says a pickup truck collided with another vehicle, killing at least one person. Police are diverting traffic to West Amelia to get around the scene. It's still unclear what caused the crash. The next SpaceX flight will be the last one for the Dragon 1. The Dragon 1 has been around since 2012. Friday, plans call for it to deliver thousands of pounds of cargo and science experiments to the International Space Station from Cape Canaveral. And that will be the last time. After that, it will be retired and another type of rocket will be used. The launch is scheduled for Friday evening. Mike Stevens, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. Tulane University's Victory Bell is no longer on display after the New Orleans University learned of its connection to slavery. The bell was rung to celebrate the school's basketball victories, but the university says it's now in storage. Tulane officials recently learned the monument was used on a slave plantation to direct the movements of enslaved Africans. WFLA News Time is 7.06. A man clad only in underwear leads Philadelphia cops on a wild chase in a stolen ambulance. There's video online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WFLA Orlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart Radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Everybody is talking about the coronavirus more so than ever, of course, now that it has popped up in Florida. Seemed like it was inevitable that it would. And uh, so in a moment, we bring you a live interview that we will have with Dr. Chad Sanborn. He has been practicing uh, down in Palm Beach County for a long time right now. And he specializes in, in pediatric infectious disease treatment and, uh, and cure and control. And he will tell us everything he knows about coronavirus and, uh, and, and where all of this might be headed and uh, what we what we need to do. So it is all coming right up, Alan. Following an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando, it's 7.08. This coronavirus headline for you right now, the death toll from the virus keeps on growing. More than 3,000 people have now died worldwide from the respiratory illness. The majority of those deaths, of course, have been in China, where the virus originated. Over the weekend, however, the United States saw its first deaths from the coronavirus, both in Washington state. And now, as we know, it appears we have two cases here in the state of Florida. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, 107.7, HD3, AM 540, and the iHeart Radio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. Glad you're with us. Good morning, Orlando. Monday edition continues. Bud Hedinger, Alan Spector, Mike Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. And we are joined right now 
by Palm Beach County-based infectious disease specialist Dr. Chad Sanborn on all things related to the coronavirus and particularly as it relates to its presence now in the Sunshine State. Doctor, thank you so much for coming on. On behalf of our listeners, we really do appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. What can you tell us this morning, Doctor? Well, it appears there are two cases uh, presumptively uh, confirmed here in Florida, which is, uh, I guess, was a matter of time, unfortunately. So, you know, I think uh, it's certainly cause for concern. I don't think it's cause for panic, but uh, certainly something that we will likely see more of here in the Sunshine State. Do you have any sense of how widespread this might become and over what period of time in Florida, doctor? Based on your experience with all kinds of infectious diseases, flus of all kinds, SARS, bird flu over the years and whatever, what are your thoughts in this regard? I know there's no way to know for sure, but what's your best guess where we're headed? Certainly. Well, uh, the concerning thing, I suppose, is that this virus seems pretty transmissible, which means that it's likely to spread to other people if it hasn't already uh, relatively quickly. In the coming days to weeks, we will likely see more cases here in Florida as well as throughout the United States. Uh, second to that, uh, there is testing available here at the health departments here in Florida, other than Tampa, Miami, and Jacksonville. So our ability to find cases, detect cases, will increase as well, which will uh, let us know that there probably is a lot, a big bunch of cases that we we will see in the coming days and weeks that may have been there. We just didn't have the capacity to find them as quickly, as easily as now. Let me ask you, doctor, do we have any idea now that we are able to test in Florida at these labs in Jacksonville, Tampa, and Miami, and we are glad to know that we can do that in Florida. So you think you have the coronavirus. You're not sure. It kind of could be the flu. Who knows? What happens in a scenario like that? Where do you go? Do you go to your primary physician, first of all? Do you actually go directly to a, to a testing center? How does this work? Yeah, you know, so I think the first call would likely be to a primary doctor who knows you best and can kind of uh, triage your symptoms, if you will. Certainly, if you're very ill, I would recommend going to an uh, emergency department. What we don't want necessarily is for the emergency department to get overrun by people wanting to be tested. Uh, and certainly most of the hospitals, if not all of the hospitals in Florida, can facilitate testing to the health department laboratories and get the uh, test done there. Uh, so it's it's very individualized and it's hard to generalize too much, but I would say contacting your primary nurse practitioner, doctor, physician assistant would be probably the way to go to start. Doctor, this is Alan Spector. I, uh, I personally went to a uh, spring training baseball game over the weekend in Tampa, and in the back of my mind was the coronavirus as I was surrounded by 11,000 people in the stands. Is that something I should worry about, being in a crowded situation like that? Certainly an uh, excellent question. You know, being around other people does increase the chance of infection. However, I don't think it's time necessarily to not go to sporting events and uh, other public gatherings just yet. I do think it's important to be cognizant of where you are and remember to do common things like washing your hands, uh, trying to not go out and do big public events if you are acutely sick with something, which is something that we recommend doing even before coronavirus was a thing. Uh, so it's something to be cognizant of, something to, I suppose, have a little bit extra caution for. I don't think you need to cancel all your plans at the moment, no. Hmm. All right, this is Bud again, uh, Doctor. What about everybody's buying these masks, cleaning them out, and they're buying disinfectants all over the place? Um, are people going beyond what is warranted at this point, or, or is this appropriate? 
I think we're going a little bit beyond what's warranted, but uh, to our benefit or to you know credit, I think we're taking caution, which is good. It is good to be cautious. However, I think with a lot of the information just coming in and changing rapidly, it's, it's hard to know exactly the best plan of action, so I understand why people are doing it. My recommendation would be not to buy masks at the moment. Surgical masks aren't a great way to prevent the spread of infection from other people to yourself. Um, in addition, um, you know, sanitizers, hand-washing equipment, things like that are very helpful because that's going to be the best way of preventing spread from person to person. If you are acutely sick, uh, either with suspected or with coronavirus, yes, wearing a mask would be beneficial because you don't want to spread to other people. But in terms of trying to not catch the virus by wearing a mask, doesn't seem to be very efficient, and I would not recommend that. So, Doc, it seems like the uh, the advice we normally get in dealing with either a cold or a flu applies in this case as well. Yes, very much so. Um, it's for the majority of cases, majority of patients who get contract coronavirus, they will not have severe symptoms. And I think we're still trying to determine exactly what percentage that is going to be. Certainly in the world, we see a 2% of the patients dying, which is quite significant and scary, certainly. Uh, I think those numbers, uh, not having a crystal ball and be able to say 100%, are likely somewhat inflated, meaning most of those cases were in China, where some of the outbreak was going on before docs were able to realize what was happening potentially. And uh, we don't quite have a handle yet in how well or how not well it's going to behave in other countries. So I think uh, coupled with that, there are lots of cases I think that we don't know about, not to panic people, but certainly I think our, our number of cases in the United States is probably uh, underestimated, meaning we have more cases than we probably know about at the moment. Final question, Dr. Sanborn. Um, You're an infectious disease expert. You've seen these things come and go. How much tougher is the coronavirus than the typical flu on the human body? And is there any way to know when you start getting those symptoms whether you've got the flu or coronavirus? Is there anything that distinguishes one from the other to the patient? Excellent question. Well, certainly, uh, you know, the coronavirus seems to make certain people, or we're still trying to handle that as well, uh, sicker than typical flu. However, typical flu, uh, seasonal flu, is a pretty severe illness in certain individuals, and we see thousands of deaths per year from the flu and, and many hospitalizations from it as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, it seems to be a, a bit more of an aggressive virus, uh, at least in the early data that we have. In terms of distinguishing the two, it can be quite difficult. Certainly, um, you can get flu-like symptoms, cough, fever, shortness of breath, um, difficulty breathing are all uh, shared by a lot of these respiratory viruses. Most of the time when an individual is having those symptoms, they're going to have seasonal flu or another uh, common respiratory virus. However, if there's any concern or, or someone feels quite sick or you see a family member who's uh, getting quite ill, I think it is important to present to medical attention to get this further confirmatory testing now that we have the ability to test even uh, better than we did uh, a few days ago So uh, here in Florida. But uh, unfortunately, and that's part of the problem, it's very difficult to distinguish early on from other respiratory viruses. Thank you so much. You've done a great job for our audience. We really appreciate you. Infectious disease specialist Dr. Chad Sanborn out of Palm Beach County. Thank you, sir, My very God. much. Thank you. Okay, in a moment, a few thoughts on the coronavirus, globalism, 
and America First after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now as the coronavirus comes to the state of Florida. Two Tampa Bay area residents may be the first in the Sunshine State to come down with the coronavirus. The uh, Florida Department of Health announced yesterday both are presumptively positive but not yet confirmed by the CDC. One from Hillsborough County has a history of travel to Italy. The other from Manatee County has no such travel history. Of course, Italy in parts has been hit very hard by the coronavirus. The two are being isolated. Governor DeSantis will be in Tampa today for an update on a news conference at 1030 in Tampa and later uh, a news conference from the governor in Miami at 2 p.m. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeartRadio station. We thought Dr. Sanborn was so strong on the coronavirus here that we're going to turn that interview around for those of you who missed it or didn't catch all of it and run it in our 8.30 to 9 o'clock half hour. We'll have to cut back on Open Mind Monday, but we'll still be taking your calls and texts off the top of the 8 o'clock hour, as we always do on Open Mind Monday. You know, over the weekend, I was thinking about this, and I haven't seen anybody write about it or talk about it on the air. Maybe they have. But with coronavirus on the worldwide march, I've been thinking how much better off we'd be in weathering this threat, both health-wise and economically, if we had, and we don't, but if we had a well-established, long-running, America-first Trump philosophy that had us making just about everything we need to be self-sustaining and making it here in America, instead of our existing all-out commitment to globalism that makes us so dependent on access to stuff, products, parts for products of all kinds from China and other countries. I mean, it, it seems logical to me that if we had that, and it's I think it's a goal we should set for this country, maybe stock prices wouldn't be tanking to the extremes that they are if U.S. companies weren't hamstrung by the breakdown of international supply lines due to the coronavirus in China and other countries. You know, and when you look at globalism that everybody says, well, that's that's the future. It's a wonderful thing. The whole world tied in together. Globalism doesn't look so good to me right now. But America first does. President's done it with energy, fossil fuels, natural gas and oil. We don't need the Middle East anymore for that stuff. We still have some of it, but we could get by without it. Yaffe, think about that. If we could make ourselves even more independent of other countries when something like this happens that nobody can predict or control, we'd be in much better shape. Yeah, I I agree with you to a certain extent. I think it's important, though, to say how we get there, because a lot of times when you go down this road, what happens next is calls for more government control and higher taxes. So it's but Trump's crush- done it with the oil and gas without going down that road. Well, exactly. He made us more competitive, and we have the resources here. So there are yeah, ways but, but, to make us more competitive. Yeah, but what he's done is he's taken off the regulations. He's gotten right. his heavy duty into the fracking. 
and, and, I, and yeah, and, and taking I, the shackles of uh, off free enterprise. That's the way you do this. Yeah, you make us more competitive. As long as we're not doing a top-down approach where we're forcing companies to do certain things and we're raising taxes and tariffs too high, incentivize them to do it. But you're yeah, absolutely exactly. right. Exactly. Yes, I totally agree with that. So anyway, globalism versus America first. I think we need to go a whole lot more down the Trump road in the future, long after he's president of the United States, and pull back from this globalism that everybody thinks is a great thing. Not so great when you have a worldwide situation like this with coronavirus. You can't predict it. You can't control it. So we need to be as independent as we can, and that's the point I wanted to make. Back to my co-host, Alan Spector, at the bottom of the hour. A dozen people are displaced by an Orange County fire, and I-4 motorists deal with another traffic shift. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together and elsewhere. In just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando, it is 7.30. Bottom of the hour right now, halftime on the Monday edition of the show, and uh, Alan Spector is going to get us all up to date. There is other news beyond the coronavirus. Um, Pretty bad house fire here locally. What can you tell us? Well, this fire broke out early this morning, bud, in a townhouse complex in East Orange County. No injuries are reported, but four homes were burned and about a dozen people were left homeless. The fire broke out around 1 a.m. at the Fox Hunt community near Alafea Trail and Colonial Drive. Investigators believe the fire started in a dryer. The displaced families are getting help from the Red Cross. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. If you travel westbound on I-4, there's something new to watch for this morning. As part of the I-4 Ultimate Project, the exit to Orange Blossom Trail is moving from the left side of the highway to the right side of I-4. Wow. The presidential campaign of Pete Buttigieg is suspended. And despite no longer running, the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, made this promise to his supporters. I will no longer seek to be the 2020 Democratic nominee for president, but I will do everything in my power to ensure that we have a new Democratic president come January. The seven remaining Democratic presidential candidates are looking ahead to tomorrow, Super Tuesday, when voters in 14 states cast ballots. With the Florida primary two weeks from tomorrow, many of the state's Democrats have yet to return their mail-in ballots. Republican Senator Rick Scott says that might be because they don't like their options, especially after the most recent debate. You know, the debate was just a food fight. You don't learn anything. And they're all socialist. I mean, Lee Sanders, one thing you have to admire about Bernie Sanders is he's honest. Some political observers think more Florida Democrats will cast their votes after seeing the results of tomorrow's Super Tuesday elections. Meanwhile, early voting begins today. Yeah, and Biden on the comeback trail after his big win in South Carolina. In a moment, is the Biden comeback trail long or short? Vandals appear to have struck a presidential candidate's campaign office in Pinellas County. Mike Bloomberg's campaign says his St. Petersburg office was hit Saturday night. Messages were found on the windows that called Bloomberg a racist and a sexual predator. No arrest has been announced. The Magic are back home to battle the Portland Trailblazers tonight at the Amway Center. Orlando will then head right back out on the road for four games starting Wednesday in Miami. The Magic had their three-game winning streak snapped with a loss in San Antonio on Saturday. They currently sit seventh in the NBA's Eastern Conference with a record of 27 and 33. Elsewhere. A fixture on daytime TV is going away. Judge Judy. You are about to enter the courtroom of Judge Judith Scheindlin. 
Judge Judy's run on TV will come to an end after 25 seasons. In an interview set to air today on Ellen, host Judy Scheinland says the 2020-2021 season will be the last one. She is moving on to a new show, Judy Justice. Oh, no kidding. She's not walking off into the sunset here. she's starting a new one. Wow. Scheinland is the highest paid personality on TV, making nearly $50 million a year. It's unbelievable to think that, isn't it? I mean, she's not in prime time or anything. But apparently she's bringing in enough money that she gets a big chunk of it. I think she was smart and got the deal structured just right. Do we know what the new show is about? Well, I can only guess that a show called Judy Justice would have mm. something to do with the law. Mm. <laughs> you might be reaching there, but I'm going to go with you. I appreciate that, <laughs> Melissa. An Ohio man is using Lent to try to break the world record for the longest beer-only diet. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Del Hall used the beer-only diet last year, and he lost over 40 pounds in 46 days. Wait a minute, aren't you supposed to give up stuff for Lent? (laughs) He gave up everything but beer. Oh, I see. I get it. This year, he's going to try to stretch the diet for 50 days, It's unclear if the record will be recognized by Guinness World Records. Lent began February 26th and goes until April 9th. Well, you get all your grains, barley, hops, you know. So healthy. What do you think happens if you have nothing in your system but beer for how long? Uh, 50 days 50 days we're talking. And I'm wondering... It, I, I don't know this the answer to this, but I'm wondering how much he consumes on a daily basis to keep him going. Yeah. If he's not... He'd, his he, liver would like to know that, too. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, a Colorado couple is out about eight grand after getting rid of some slithering house guests. Shannon McFadden and Royce Robbins noticed an increasing number of snakes appearing both inside and outside of their home in the months after purchasing it in November of 2018. More than 150 snakes were safely removed and relocated from a snake den under their backyard deck. Enough is enough! I have had it with these snakes on this backyard deck. The removal of the reptiles, the cost of a new deck and shed cost the couple about $8,000. They say they were not warned about the snakes when they bought the home. I feel like uh, that movie would not be as exciting. I don't know. Snakes under a backyard deck. (laughs) I don't know. This Elsewhere segment is just growing in its sophistication. We have built-in commentary, you know. It comes in on things like that. I love it. Yeah, well, you know, the budget is increasing, and we're able to to add more to it. (laughs) Well, yeah. The budget's not increasing. Come on. We we count on you to save the show every morning. Well, (laughs) So bring them on. Find these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com and listen to the Elsewhere podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. Counseling's available for you Democrats. I can't imagine what it's like to be you. Looks like you may be down to two choices for a nominee to take on Trump in the fall. One is a socialist, the other is going senile. Let's talk about this, and we will right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines, coronavirus um, related. Oh, do you ever wonder what happened to that Citrus County couple? 
uh, who were quarantined on that uh, on that cruise ship. They are finally headed home after being quarantined over coronavirus concerns. Phil and Gay Quarter due to arrive in Crystal River, Florida today after leaving a Texas Air Force base where they were quarantined for two weeks. That came after they were quarantined for a couple of weeks off the coast of Japan on that cruise ship that contained hundreds of coronavirus patients. By the way, the Quarter is tested negative for the virus. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1. Still on FM 93.1. News Radio WFLA Orlando. And still on AM 540. Sleepy going senile Joe Biden had a moment in the sun in South Carolina with an enormous win that he desperately needed in the South Carolina primary. They counted the votes on Saturday night. And Biden had like 48% in a large field. And Bernie Sanders was down around 20%. And he was second. Joe Biden celebrating. And if the Democrats want a nominee who's a Democrat. An Obama-Biden Democrat. We have the option of winning big or losing big. That's the choice. We need to build on the coalition and legacy of the most successful president in our lifetime, Barack Obama. You know, and under his breath, he's saying, Barack, Barack, where are you? Where's the endorsement? And it's not forthcoming from Obama or from Buttigieg, who dropped out here. Trump ripping Biden and wondering what it would be like if Joe Biden were to become president of the United States. Joe's not going to be running the government. He's just going to be sitting in a home someplace. And people are going to be running it for him. And that was uh, the audience going wild at CPAC, where Trump wowed him for about 90 minutes with his speech on Saturday. Was it really a speech or like a stand-up routine? It yeah. wasn't. He is very, very entertaining. Yes, he is. He re- I mean, nobody's ever been able to do that as president of the United right. States. There's never been anybody who has the ability to not only inform, but to entertain. It he, is unique. <laughs> he was riffing. He was. He was just like, oh, yeah. ooh, I got him now. Let me throw another Even one Even Reagan there. couldn't do that. He right. would do it much more low-key. But I mean, to have an audience just not just chuckle, but go absolutely bonkers. I mean, that's why <laughs> I call him the truly great communicator. And, and I, I mean no, um, uh, I'm not trying to slight Reagan, for goodness sakes. Adore Reagan. Biden said over the weekend he can't wait to debate Trump. Really? Really? He'll get chewed up and spit out in small pieces. As I said earlier, when we had more time than we have right now, I mean, uh, what a dilemma. It looks like the Democrats after Super Tuesday could be down to the socialist Bernie Sanders and the going senile Joe Biden, with people gravitating from lesser candidates and those who were dropping out to Biden to swell his numbers, they hope enough, to stop Bernie Sanders from getting the nomination and destroying the Democrat Party and, and, you know, losing control of the House and failing to gain control of the Senate and then going down in flames to Trump because there were not enough people that far out on the left in this country to get him elected in the, in the general election that would follow the nominating process. How short, how long is the Biden comeback trail, Yaffe and Melissa, off the victory in South Carolina? I I still tend to think it's short. I mean, Bernie Sanders, he we forget, he got second in South Carolina. Now, he was down by a lot, 
but he still got second. And even that was seen, you know, just a couple months ago, that seemed unreachable for him. And and Sanders in Super Tuesday says has the infrastructure and the ground game and the funding that Biden lacks. And he's way ahead in the big states with all the delegates. And that's California. And that is Texas. Shorter, long comeback trail for Sleepy Joe, Melissa. Short. It's over with. It, I mean, this is just crazy. I think South Carolina got confused. And uh, they then Clyburn said, you have to vote for Biden. I think that's what they heard. And so the they, big black population did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And now it's going to end very quickly. And, and I mean, is it is it Sanders? I mean, is Bloomberg going to hang in there? What if he gets crushed on Super Tuesday? Is he going to continue to throw gazillions of dollars down a rat hole? He said he'll only go as far as... He sees a path to the nomination. Right, and then he'll pull uh, himself out, but then put his money behind whoever, whomever. So I don't know. It's, yeah. it's anybody's guess right now. Oh, Democrats. <laughs> Go Trump. Must be wonderful being you right now. Glad I'm not. <laughs> but glad you're here. Glad you're here. Good morning, Orlando. If you were with us at the top of the 7 o'clock hour, and um, this opportunity came upon us very quickly, we had an infectious disease expert, Dr. Chad Sanborn from South Florida on here, talking about the coronavirus and what you need to know about it and, and how you need to deal with the reality that it now appears that it is in Florida. We're going to turn that interview around and run it for you. We thought it was strong enough to do that, and we know it is what you're you're interested in, concerned about at one level or another, and we will do that in our 8.30 half hour. We will have a shortened version of Open Mind Monday, and we welcome you to join us uh, with your take on any topic. If you want to you know, react to this, what's going on with coronavirus from any aspect at all, Open Mind Monday is perfect for that. Uh, The U.S. has struck a deal with the Taliban to get all U.S. troops out of Afghanistan. What are your thoughts on that? And the Democrats' dilemma, how's the race going to shake out? Super Tuesday is tomorrow. Um, Is it going to be a choice between Sanders and Biden for the Democrats? Maybe Bloomberg? How do you see it all? 407-916-5400 and the text line 23680 where standard message and data rate supply, first name in town. Welcome. You'll take over the show with your take on any topic, and we will keep an open mind. It is coming up for you in our 8 o'clock half hour. Yaffe and Melissa, folks who want a little bit more of you can get it. Yes, uh, on the iHeartRadio app. Just download the iHeartRadio app. Go to the podcast section. You can listen to my podcast, Beyond Reason Radio, where I am your voice of reason on the latest news. Well, then I must be the voice of <laughs> because I have Connection Show on the iHeartRadio app as well. And it also airs here on a specific night, Thursdays at 9 o'clock right here on WFLA. You can find out all kinds of interesting stuff. But not only that, there's Elsewhere with Alan Spector. Yeah, well, yes. I'm, I'm still thinking about Melissa. What? What is? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, she's that, the voice of that. That about sums it up. It does indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and your podcast available too on all the elsewheres are yeah, just great. All the elsewheres are there. Mm-hmm. It, you can listen all day long. Fantastic. To, to me, talk. There you go. Who you could know. want anything more? <laughs> well, we're going to listen to you talk right now and bring us the news at the top of the eight o'clock hour. What's coming, Alan? As we've been discussing, Bud, the coronavirus shows up in Florida. And an early morning crash leaves one dead in Orlando. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes, 7.59 on Good Morning Orlando.
WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. On a beautiful, bright Monday morning, we greet you at 8 o'clock with our latest look at Central Florida's news, weather and traffic on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, a coronavirus emergency in Florida. More in one minute. What are your thoughts on the coronavirus? That and whatever else is on your mind, we'd love to hear it next on... Open Mind Monday on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Governor Ron DeSantis will be in Tampa and Miami today updating the state's response to the coronavirus. Rory O'Neill reports from our newsroom. Last night, the governor declared a public health emergency after two people in Tampa Bay, one in Hillsborough County, another Manatee County, tested presumptive positive for COVID-19. There are now three labs in Florida that can quickly process tests for the coronavirus. Both of the patients are in isolation and undergoing treatment. Rory O'Neill, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. Testing for coronavirus is now taking place in Jacksonville, Miami, and Tampa. And as a result, one medical expert thinks we'll see a spike in the number of cases. There probably is a big bunch of cases that we will see in the coming days and weeks that may have been there. We just didn't have the capacity to find them as quickly, as easily as now. Dr. Chad Sanborn works as a pediatric infectious disease physician in Palm Beach County. He told Good Morning Orlando that COVID-19 appears to be an aggressive virus that is easily transmitted from human to human. Sanborn says people should be cautious, but he says there's no need to panic. You can hear the entire interview with Dr. Sanborn coming up after 8.30. Coronavirus cases continue to add up across America with two patients in Washington State losing their lives. Fox's Benjamin Hall reports. There are now 80 cases in the U.S. and infections seen in Washington, Oregon, California, New York, Florida, Illinois, and Rhode Island. Many of those have no clear path to initial exposure, and that does suggest that other cases are still undiagnosed. Health officials are focused now on a cluster of 10 cases in Washington state, including the two deaths. All new reported cases there are residents of nursing facility Life Care Center in Kirkland. These are the most vulnerable people. Globally, more than 86,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus are reported, mostly all in China, with more than 3,000 people dead. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Because of the coronavirus, AAA says Florida drivers may soon see significant savings at the gas pump. Stock market prices for crude oil and gasoline plummeted last week amid concerns the disease will reduce global demand for products like jet fuel and gasoline. And, Bud, we're already seeing prices drop now. Gas bought update. I saw 217 a gallon, but a couple of our textures have seen one out in UCF. I don't know where the other one was. $2.10. Wow. It's been a while since we've seen that, Alan. At least one person is dead after an overnight crash on West Colonial Drive. Florida Highway Patrol says a pickup truck collided with another vehicle. Eastbound traffic on West Colonial is shut down between Westmoreland and Paramore, and they're diverting the traffic to West Amelia to get around the scene. If you've purchased a home in Florida over the past year, today's an important deadline. Tax appraisers across the state are awaiting those homestead exemption filings from homeowners living in their permanent residences. It means a $50,000 tax exemption on the first $75,000 of your property's assessed value. But Palm Beach County appraiser Dorothy Jack says... The big bad-
data set of homestead exemption is the cap on how much your property value can increase year over year. For new homeowners in 2020, that means the value on which you pay taxes won't go up more than 3% next year. You can file online, in person, or by mail, but that envelope must be postmarked with today's date. Joel Malkin, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. WFLA News Time is 8.07. After a break in, a North Carolina neighborhood installs a license plate reader. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeartRadio station. Shortened version of Open Mind Monday to accommodate our interview with Dr. Chad Sanborn, the infectious disease expert on um, coronavirus and Florida and uh, what this is all about and what we might be uh, in for here. So if you want to get in an Open Mind Monday, don't wait. And it's a talk show, not a text show. So priority for our callers at 407-916-5400. How are you feeling about the coronavirus? Are you taking any steps uh, to deal with whatever may come. Love to hear from you on that. And the text line 23680. Also, how's the race going to shake out with the Democrats? Who ultimately do you think Trump will be facing in the fall? Biden on the comeback trail? Um, can he overtake Bernie Sanders, the socialist, versus the aging former vice president? Pretty clearly, I think, in the throes of early senility. Is that the choice the Democrats have? What about that deal struck between the U.S. and the Taliban to get our troops out of Afghanistan? Something the president promised to do when he ran for office? Something I've been calling for even before he said that. Um, Anything else on Open Mind Monday? It's your show. Give us a call at 407-916-5400. Text us, first name in town if you'd like, 23680. And you'll get to talk after an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. 809 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines now in a pretty chilling one out of Central Florida where a man is accused of making what an Osceola County imam calls very scary threats. Deputies this weekend arrested Jaron Terrell for allegedly making threats over the phone to Kissimmee's American Muslim Leadership Council. Imam Helmi Aga says that Terrell threatened to kill everyone in the mosque and burn the place down. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, 107.7 HD3, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. Shortened version of uh, Open Mind Monday, just this first half hour, so we can accommodate a replay of our uh, interview with the doctor who's an expert on the coronavirus in Florida based. You'll want to hear that in our 8.30 half hour, and then we'll play Sound Judgment for a great new prize before we leave the air at 9. So to Ed we go on Open Mind Monday's first call. Ed, good morning from Lakeland. What is on your mind? Well, let me talk a little bit about what the the media never mentions about uh, Mr. Bernie Sanders. There is a uh, uh, backlash for Mr. Sanders that the media never talks about. All right. Uh, What is the problem with black America and Bernie Sanders? Yes. uh, Yes. Okay. You tell me. In the form of a backlash. Uh, You tell me. What's the problem with Bernie Sanders? Hello? What is the problem that blacks have with Bernie? 
Well, let me say this here first. Biden won the, the 17 to 29 year old and the under 45 by like 26 points. And the media said that was impossible to win. But getting back to the problem with, uh, and you cannot win the presidency without the base of the party. And black people are the base of the Democratic Party, especially black women. I so agree with that. assessment about what he's going to do and what he's not uh-huh. going to do in California. So who are you going to vote for? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about going for, you know, Biden, the, uh, 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 that's what I'm thinking about. But, uh, like I said, there's a black backlash against Mr. Sanders mm-hmm. because in trying to primary people, who do you think the established is? If it's not Shirley Jackson Lee, if it's not the, unfor- the unforgotten dead, like John Lewis yeah. and Elijah Cummins, okay. who's on his deathbed, right. this is who they no, he's already primary. Dead. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. I think I get the point, and we appreciate your call, Ed. Here is Mike in St. Cloud. So what's on your mind this morning, Mike? Good morning, Bud Man. I'm going to put on the aluminum tinfoil hat and say, if the New York Times wants to blame Trump for the coronavirus, first we have to rename it uh, Corona 45 after Trump 45. And now it's not such a bad deal if they want to blame Trump. We discovered over the weekend that China's economy is in collapse. An Iranian uh, advisor just passed away, and we'll see how many more Iranian advisors mysteriously pass away. North Korea is going to be afflicted, so our enemies are going to get wiped out. Plus, gas prices are down. Oh, my God, that's terrible. We're going to have to blame Trump for that. And uh, the the nitrogen oxide levels, which is pollution over China, has dropped like 50%. He's saving the planet. Oh, my God. All right. Trump's saving the planet. Let's go to Joe on Open Mind Monday. What's on your mind from Titusville, Joe? Good morning. Good morning, Bud. The thing that bothers me about the virus isn't the severity of it, but the the fact that I think we're the only nation that doesn't have a test yet. Okay. Well, Which, whoa, 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 hang on. Have you been listening here? We, we got testing facilities going to be open here in the state of Florida right now to test for. They've been testing at CDC in Atlanta. Now, there was five places only that could test. The test that was sent out was defective to the other hospitals. Yep. So Now, they, they say they're cleaning all of that up, Joe. What is your main worry vis-a-vis coronavirus well, in the U.S.? We should have had it already so we could be testing thousands. So who dropped the ball on that, Trump? 400. Who dropped the ball? Uh, Well, the CDC dropped the ball, but it's Trump's administration. He's supposed to be staying on top of it. So ultimately... You think he he is on top of it or not? I don't know. What about about DeSantis in Florida? Is he on top of it? I believe DeSantis is. I believe the governors are more on top of it than the federal government. Thank you, Joe, very much. Uh, we got an Open Mind Monday call next out of Leesburg. John says the Boy Scouts are being sued, and uh, they're at all kinds of problems right now. Uh, and we'll get his take on what that's all about. If you've got something on your mind, Open Mind Monday, uh, Democrat politics, Super Tuesday tomorrow, the deal to get the U.S. out of Afghanistan, coronavirus, of course, or something else, 407-916-5400. It's a talk show. Get on the phone. We'll give you priority, but you got to be quick because I've got a shortened Open Mind Monday because of the expert, the interview with the coronavirus uh, expert in the next half hour. Uh, and, of course, we have the text line at 2 Three, six, eight, zero. 
Headlining an update on an international hostage situation we've been following. A security guard who recently lost his job has surrendered to authorities after holding around 30 people hostage inside an upscale mall in the Philippines. The suspect entered the mall in Manila earlier today and opened fire before taking hostages. Police say one person was shot but is listed in stable condition at a hospital. The gunman said to have surrendered peacefully after an hours-long standoff with heavily armed police in the Philippines. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories right here in Good Morning Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. It's Open Mind Monday on Good Morning Orlando, meaning it's your chance to talk about what you want to talk about. John from Leesburg is on the line. John, it's Alan along with the Budman, Yaffe, and Melissa. What are you thinking about today? Uh, yes, about the Boy Scouts. I find it uh, uh, terrible that they're get being sued and they're responsible for everything. And I think all these liberal organizations, including the ACLU and the gay rights groups, should be vulnerable for a lawsuit also because they were the ones that pushed the Boy Scouts into uh, opening everything up, and uh, and that now they're now the same probably groups that behind the scenes are trying to sue them, and I think it was the deliberate attempt to destroy as part of the culture war that's going on in this country. Like this old communist Gramsci once said, the only way you're going to ruin America is change the culture, and this is part of it. And uh, that Rex Tillerson, I was suspicious of him when he was openly. Uh, advocating that they should bring them in to the Boy Scouts, and he should be sued also. All right, John. Thanks for the call. All right. Appreciate it. We're tight on time. Text line, Open Mind Monday. How about a couple of highlights? Uh, yeah. One person says, when is Trump going to shut down the southern border to prevent the COVID-19 from spreading? Says he doesn't want to do it, but he's looking at it. I got one that says, now the Buttigieg is out. Warren is the only gay man running. Ooh. Jeez. Wow. I know. It's pretty tough. <laughs> pretty uh, harsh. It's a gosh, tough there's... crowd out there today. Whoa. Oh, with Biden, there's a texture says yeah. it's down to it's it's down to Bernie and weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> that is oh, that's, brutal. That's funny though. Yeah. It is funny. It is pretty I wish I thought of that. But we got a caller, uh gal couldn't stay on the line, but she was concerned. She said she gets her medication. Uh, and most of it is manufactured in China. Should she be worried about co- uh, contracting the coronavirus from her meds? I don't think so, but I have no idea. Thanks, everybody. We're shortening Open Mind Monday so we can do our interview with the doctor in Florida who's an expert on the coronavirus. Stay tuned on that. You know, Alan, as you prepare to bring us the news, for the most part, I'm in favor of any shift to the right. But this one's going to be tough to deal with. Well, drivers who use Interstate 4 are going to have to deal with it, bud. A popular off-ramp is switching sides. Overnight, the exit from I-4 to Orange Blossom Trail as you head westbound on I-4. You know, it's been on the left-hand side for as long as I can remember. I know. And now it's moving to the right-hand side. Crews are... Opening a new westbound, uh, opening new westbound I-4 lanes that cross over OBT and Rio Grande Avenue. The old I-4 lanes in that area are shutting down. Again, the uh, exit to OBT from uh, westbound I-4 moving from the left to the right. You know what? I don't care how many signs they post. It's going to take me a while before I don't blow right by that, and I'm sure I'm not alone. It's now a very conservative exit ramp. Thank this you very much. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
A dozen people have no place to live after fire ripped through a townhouse complex in East Orange County. That fire broke out around 1 this morning at the Fox Hunt community near Alafaya Trail and Colonial Drive. Firefighters say everyone was able to escape uninjured. The Red Cross is providing assistance to the displaced families. The fire is believed to have broken out in a dryer. Former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg is suspending his 2020 presidential campaign. And he had this message for his supporters. I urge everyone who supported me to continue in the cause of ensuring that we bring change to the White House and working to win the absolutely critical down-ballot races playing out across the country this year. Buttigieg was in third place in delegates behind Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. Sanders could have a big day tomorrow, Super Tuesday. A series of polls show the Vermont senator ahead of the pack in several important states, including California, Texas, and North Carolina. South Florida is filled with residents who fled socialist countries, which is why Republican Senator Rick Scott thinks Bernie's campaign message will fall flat here in the Sunshine State. However, Scott says Sanders is more honest than his competitors. He might be crazy. It might be horrible for our country. But he believes that government should run everything. These other Democrats, they believe the same thing. They just don't say it. Early voting is underway in most Florida counties, with the primary election set for March 17th, two weeks from tomorrow. Names can be hard for some people, and that includes Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden. Here's the end of his interview on Fox News Sunday with host Chris Wallace. <laughs> Mr. Vice President, thank you. Thanks for your time. Please come back in less than 13 years, sir. All right, Chuck. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Uh, it's Chris, but Chris. anyway. I just did Chris. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I just did Chuck. I tell you what, man, these are back-to-back. -back. Anyway, no, it's I don't okay. know how you do it early in the morning, too. Safe tra travels on the campaign trail. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and he left out the name at the end, so mm -hmm. to be on the safe side, yeah. I guess. Of course, he was referring to an interview earlier with the host of NBC's Meet the Press, Chuck Todd. WFLA News Time is 8.35. You don't have to miss any part of Good Morning Orlando. Check out our podcasts on the iHeartRadio app. And our third hour continues, bud, with an important interview. It does. It's a replay of our interview from earlier in the hour so that if you, earlier in the show, in case you missed it, with a Florida-based doctor and infectious disease expert, Dr. Chad Sanborn, everything you need to know about the coronavirus uh, as it now is uh, obviously here in the state of Florida. That is next after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in a quick two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Repeating our biggest headline coronavirus-related of the morning, Governor Ron DeSantis has declared a public health emergency after two cases of the coronavirus emerged in Florida both over in the Tampa Bay area. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories throughout the morning for you here on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, News Radio WFLA Orlando, and still on AM 540. We are joined right now by Palm Beach County-based infectious disease specialist, Dr. Chad Sanborn on all things related to the coronavirus and particularly as it relates to its presence now in the Sunshine State. Doctor, thank you so much for coming on. On behalf of our listeners, we really do appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. What can you tell us this morning, Doctor? 
Well, it appears there are two cases uh, presumptively uh, confirmed here in Florida, which is, uh, I guess, was a matter of time, unfortunately. So, you know, I think uh, it's certainly cause for concern. I don't think it's cause for panic, but uh, certainly something that we will likely see more of here in the Sunshine State. Do you have any sense of how widespread this might become and over what period of time in Florida, doctor, based on your experience with all kinds of infectious diseases, flus of all kinds, SARS, bird flu over the years and whatever? What are your thoughts in this regard? I know there's no way to know for sure, but what's your best guess where we're headed? Certainly. Well, uh, the concerning thing, I suppose, is that this virus seems pretty transmissible, which means that it's likely to spread to other people if it hasn't already uh, relatively quickly. In the coming days to weeks, we will likely see more cases here in Florida as well as throughout the United States. Uh, second to that, uh, there is testing available here at the health departments here in Florida, others in Tampa, Miami, and Jacksonville. So our ability to find cases, detect cases, will increase as well, which will uh, let us know that there probably is a lot, a big bunch of cases that we will see in the coming days and weeks that may have been there. We just didn't have the capacity to find them as quickly, as easily as now. Let me ask you, doctor, do we have any idea now that we are able to test in Florida at these labs in Jacksonville, Tampa, and Miami, and we are glad to know that we can do that in Florida? So you think you have the coronavirus. You're not sure. kind of could be the flu. Who knows? What happens in a scenario like that? Where do you go? Do you go to your primary physician, first of all? Do you actually go directly to a, to a testing center? How does this work? Yeah, you know, so I think the first call would likely be to a primary doctor who knows your best and can kind of uh, triage your symptoms, if you will. Certainly, if you're very ill, I would recommend going to an uh, emergency department. What we don't want necessarily is for the emergency department to get overrun by people wanting to be tested. Uh, and certainly most of the hospitals, if not all of the hospitals in Florida, can facilitate testing to the health department laboratories and get the uh, test done there. Uh, so it's, it's very individualized and it's hard to generalize too much, but I would say contacting your primary nurse practitioner, doctor, or physician assistant would be probably the way to go to start. Doctor, this is Alan Spector. I, uh, I personally went to a uh, spring training baseball game over the weekend in Tampa, and in the back of my mind was the coronavirus as I was surrounded by 11,000 people in the stands. Is that something I should worry about, being in a crowded situation like that? Certainly an excellent question. You know, being around other people does increase the chance of infection. However, I don't think it's time necessarily to not go to sporting events and uh, other public gatherings just yet. I do think it's important to be cognizant of where you are and remember to do common things like washing your hands, uh, trying to not go out and do big public events if you are acutely sick with something, which is something that we recommend doing even before coronavirus was a thing. Uh, so it's something to be cognizant of, something to, I suppose, have a little bit extra caution for. I don't think you need to cancel all your plans at the moment, no. Hmm. All right, this is Bud again, uh, Doctor. What about everybody's buying these masks, cleaning them out, and they're buying disinfectants all over the place? Um, are people going beyond what is warranted at this point, or, or is this appropriate? I think we're going a little bit beyond what's warranted, but uh, 
to uh, our benefit or to you know uh, credit i think we're taking caution which is good it is good to be cautious however i think with a lot of the information just coming in and changing rapidly it's, it's hard to know exactly the best plan of action so i understand why people are doing it my recommendation would be not to buy masks at the moment physical masks aren't a great way to prevent the spread of infection from other people to yourself um in addition um you know sanitizers hand washing equipment things like that are very helpful because that's going to be the best way of preventing spread from person to person if you are acutely sick uh either with suspected or with coronavirus yes wearing a mask would be beneficial because you don't want to spread to other people but in terms of trying to not catch the virus by wearing a mask doesn't seem to be very efficient and i would not recommend that so doc it seems like the uh, the advice we normally get in dealing with either a cold or a flu applies in this case as well yes very much so um it's for the majority of cases majority of patients who get contract coronavirus they will not have severe symptoms and i think we're still trying to determine exactly what percentage that is going to be certainly in the world we see a two percent of the patients dying which is quite significant and scary certainly uh, i think those numbers uh not having a crystal ball and be able to say 100% are likely somewhat inflated, meaning most of those cases were in China where some of the outbreak was going on before docs were able to realize what was happening potentially. And uh, we don't quite have a handle yet in how well or how not well it's going to behave in other countries. So I think uh, coupled with that, there are lots of cases I think that we don't know about, not to panic people, but certainly I think our, our number of cases in the United States is probably uh, underestimated, meaning we have more cases than we probably know about at the moment. Final question, Dr. Sanborn. Um, You're an infectious disease expert. You've seen these things come and go. Mm -hmm. How much tougher is the coronavirus than the typical flu on the human body? And is there any way to know when you start getting those symptoms whether you've got the flu or coronavirus? Is there anything that distinguishes one from the other to the patient? Excellent question. Well, certainly, uh, you know, the coronavirus seems to make certain people, we're still trying to handle that as well, uh, sicker than typical flu. However, typical flu, uh, seasonal flu, is a pretty severe illness in certain individuals, and we see thousands of deaths per year from the flu and, and many hospitalizations from it as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, it seems to be a, a bit more of an um, aggressive virus, uh, at least in the early data that we have. In terms of distinguishing the two, it can be quite difficult. Certainly, um, you can get flu-like symptoms, cough, fever, shortness of breath, um, difficulty breathing are all uh, shared by a lot of these respiratory viruses. Most of the time when an individual is having those symptoms, they're going to have seasonal flu or another uh, common respiratory virus. However, if there's any concern or, or someone feels quite sick or you see a family member who's uh, getting quite ill, I think it is important to present to medical attention to get this further confirmatory testing now that we have the ability to test even uh, better than we did uh, a few days ago So uh, here in Florida. But uh, unfortunately, and that's part of the problem, it's very difficult to distinguish early on from other respiratory viruses. Thank you so much. You've done a great job for our audience. We really appreciate you. Infectious disease specialist Dr. Chad Sanborn out of Palm Beach County. Thank you, sir, My very friend. much. Thank you. Replayed from earlier in the show, for those of you who might have missed it, our interview there with the expert on infectious diseases and lots of information about the coronavirus, which has now appeared for the first time in the state of Florida.
Um, Headlining breaking news from the corporate world that is in just moments ago, one of America's most admired and respected uh, corporate executives, Jack Welch, who was the CEO of General Electric for many, many years, has passed away at the age of 84. Jack Welch gone at 84. A corporate giant for sure. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Alexa to play News Radio Orlando from iHeartRadio. So, Melissa, what about this brand new Sound Judgment Prize our contestants are playing for? Well, Bud, it's a four pack of tickets to the WFLA advanced screening of I Still Believe, Tuesday, March 10th at 7 30. I Still Believe is the true story of Christian music star Jeremy Camp and his journey of love and loss. I Still Believe releases nationwide March 13th, but you and three friends get to see it ahead of anybody else. Fantastic. It's a great prize. It really is. And if it's not for you, give it away to somebody. You know, a strong Christian friend who would just think this is the absolute best movie opportunity and they can't remember when. 407-916-5400. We're ready to play. Today's Sound Judgment Game spotlights one of the most incredible sports achievements of all time. For on this date, March 2nd, pro basketball legend Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points in a game, setting the all-time single-game record that may never be broken. want you to listen to some sound about that memorable night and then use your sound judgment to tell me who was the president of the United States when Wilt Chamberlain rewrote the NBA record book. Wilt Chamberlain has a shot at a 100-point game tonight. He's already broken his own record of 78 points in a game. He's scoring at will now. Dump shot, good. Will has 98. Look, needs one more hoop. He gets a pass, grabs it, and dumps it through. 100 points for Will Chamberlain. The most amazing one-man show in basketball history. Kobe Bryant is the only one who came close. He had 81 in the game. But 100 points on this date by Wilt Chamberlain. Wow. Who was president of the United States when Chamberlain did that? Line one, go ahead. Richard Nixon. No, but thanks for being on the line, trying and playing. We got an open line as a result, 407-916-5400. Who was the president of the United States when Chamberlain scored 100 points? Line two. Uh, Adlai Stevenson. Adlai Stevenson fell a little short, not once but twice, against Eisenhower. Almost one of our favorite presidents. There you go. Here we go. Line three. Who was the president when Chamberlain scored 100 points? Kennedy. Yes. Yay. <laughs> you are our winner. March 2nd, 1962, and Kennedy was president when Chamberlain scored 100. You sound excited about winning this new prize. Oh, my gosh. Are you? Are you fired yes. up? Yeah, tell us about it. Ah, God, she's speechless, bud. She is. I am. I am. Pick yourself up off the floor uh -huh. and tell us your name. It's Mary from Deltona, and Ma what did I win? <laughs> you won tickets to this fabulous advanced screening of I Still Believe, and I'm going to put you on hold because time is tight. It's been a busy morning, Mary. Okay. We're okay. excited because you're excited. Do not hang up. <laughs> Melissa will make it all work and explain everything to you, all right? Okay. 
All right, there we go. She was just excited to get the answer right. Uh, she didn't even fantastic. know what the prize was. It <laughs> just fired up to be here. And I, we love that. Yaffe, tell everybody about your podcast very quickly, if you will. Well, yes, sometimes I do Beyond Reason Radio right here on News Radio WFLA. I did a couple last week. If you missed them live, though, catch the podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Beyond Reason Radio. Exciting stuff. And, of course, all your elsewheres are in podcast form, Alan. They have all been preserved for history. Wow. They will probably be there forever at this point. Am I missing out on plugs? Yeah. Yeah, because you're talking to Mary. I see how you do that. Because yeah. you're busy. We'll <laughs> plug your stuff tomorrow. Is that okay? Can we still sure, be friends? Ahead, like... Yeah, but it'll never be the same now that I blew right by the fox. You don't want to do that. You'll pay the price for that. By the way, my Elsewhere podcast is available on the iHeartRadio app. <laughs> there, and we're available tomorrow morning right here, where you always find us from 6 until 9. For the whole gang, the Budman here, thank you. God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs> 